Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Day one. <sighs> Tough going. I think the minute you stand still is the minute you're dead. Day two, um, 48 hours done now. Uh, three full days down, 72 hours in. Four full days in. Doesn't matter, just keep driving forward. Day five, uh, our five days done. Maybe it's been bred into me, but I've always had a, a curiosity to, to explore the world. Day 56, eight weeks done and dusted. Mood is good, spirits are high. Day 43, done and dusted. Day actually. 32, done and dusted. Anything and everything is, is achievable. Yeah, this is going to be fucking epic, man. This is only 24 hours in, and um, yeah, it's tough. My name is Damien Brown, and welcome to Deep Roots. And welcome back to the second bonus questions and answers episode of the show thank you everybody who's taken time out of their day to type a message into their phone or into their laptop and send it to me Uh, i got loads and um, what's probably going to happen is i want to keep this much shorter so uh, what's probably going to happen is i'm going to have to split it into probably two from all the questions I had, uh, probably two or maybe even three um, little kind of 15-minute pieces. So thanks if you got something to me, uh, if you sent me something, and um, if you don't hear your question today, don't worry, it's coming in the next episode. So I'm going to start with some of the questions that were sent in to the Instagram um Ask me anything if you want on the Deep Roots page. So the first one is from Thomas underscore O'Brien number three. And he says, uh, what do you do in a storm? Well, uh, I presume you mean in terms of um, movement, because there's not much you can do. You 
obviously you know it's coming because you have a weather router or somebody um, who is watching uh, what the weather systems are doing so there's a good chance you know you get five days in advance the weather so there's a good chance you know it's coming so you can try and move out of its way but you know you can't move very fast out there so you're probably gonna even if you do go like you know due north or due south probably um, you're probably going to get some of the storm and you just have to endure it and wait it out now you have a to stop you getting blown backwards we have a thing on board called a power anchor or a sea anchor and that's um a big parachute that sits under the water that you tie onto the boat obviously front to the boat or back of the boat but normally the front of the boat and um uh, on about 90 meters a line you put that out and it sits under the water and holds about two tons of water in it and that stops you getting blown back uh, too far um, it was what I used on day one unsuccessfully because um, the currents were uh, against me and the tidal currents were against me but but that is your um, that's a very valuable piece of equipment to have on board when um, you're faced with storms in, in the away from the tidal currents. Second question is from EV Sol underscore, and he, he asks, what initially developed your keep striving for more from yourself outlook? Um, that is rugby. Um, finding something very purposeful and that had huge huge meaning to me as a 17 year old um, was rugby and what I got from training to be better at rugby that's where I really learned the power of taking responsibility for your own life and then committing to a pathway and mine was rugby and then working towards that which was very purposeful and was meaningful to me and was bigger than me and was incredibly important and that's where I learned from that journey I learned the power of the body and the mind and that everything is within you you don't have to look elsewhere to be taught, to be guided, to be mentored, to learn. It's all within you. And if you have something purposeful that you can, that is your North Star, that gives you uh, direction and guidance and you strive for that, you will learn so much on the journey and you don't have to, you don't have to, it's, you know, you don't have to listen to anyone if you don't want to. The power is within you. And and that's where it all stemmed from as a 17-year-old. Discovering that through doing, through the, you know, the physical action, the kinesthetic learning on a, on a very cellular level and continuing uh, that journey and have been reinforced over many years. Um, hope that answers your question. Uh, there's a question here from Gary Fernan. Um, it actually took a few different... Uh, boxes to type it all into so hopefully I have it all here quite a morbid one here but would love to hear your take on it taking on these ventures carries considerable risk obviously is the possibility of such risk taken into account before heading out and do you have quite have quite right realistic conversations with loved ones in the event that something went wrong um, yeah absolutely it does Gary um, and I put incredible amounts of energy into mitigating that risk 
um, in terms of being prepared, understanding what's coming, being aware of what's coming and being prepared, having prepared solutions around that. And then the conversations I have with loved ones is um, making them aware of my preparation and making them aware of the energy and the detail I am going into in preparing for such risks and that I'm not taking any chances and uh, how important my safety is out there and how that is my number one priority and I'm not going to take any risks Um, and just you know bringing them on that journey and kind of relieving some of the obvious stress they go through because they are not the ones in control I am the one in control and you know I understand the the detail I'm putting into that I understand the energy I understand the focus I understand the prioritization of my own safety Um, so I don't really stress about that because I am confident in my preparation um as long as it's within my control uh, but they are not in that position they don't know all that details they can't feel what i feel so i just try and kind of involve them as as much as i can bring them on the journey and um you know try and relieve some of the obvious stress that's going to come uh, through that and the last question here on this um, that came through into the Ask Me Anything on Instagram is from Roselle Botma. And she asks, was the bed soft, comfortable, and did it get cold at nighttime? Um, yeah, I had a kind of a vinyl covered mattress that was quite soft. And I covered that uh, with a sleeping bag, an open sleeping bag over the top of that. Uh, I think I had, actually, I. On top of the vinyl, I had a because you know if you if you lie on the vinyl, you sweat. Um, so uh, you know, which obviously is not going to help with your getting to sleep. So I had a um, a cover for that, and then um, on top of that, then I had an open sleeping bag, and I used kind of half in, half out of that um, if it ever got cold. But it never really got cold, as as you. You know the association I have with cold. Anyway, I would never say it got that. What it did get was um, enough to maybe keep a layer on at night and drape half a sleeping bag, or you know, um, try and get um, as much into the sleeping bag as you could without having to uh, zip it up because you felt very curtailed. And remember, this boat is bobbing around every minute of every day, so you don't want to feel like you're in. like a cocooned in a sleeping bag without access to your arms being able to you know um, get out and brace uh, hitting the side or moving so that's why it was always open if you understand what I'm saying and yeah no not really cold first few nights uh, like I said had a couple a layer on or so and then after that you sleep kind of just in my under um, my bike cycling shorts or my underwear whatever you want to call them um and uh the nights were relatively hot if i remember because there's not there's very 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 little airflow through the cabin there's a small vent uh that you can open but i mean it is there's really nothing coming through um so it gets pretty kind of stuffy in there and gets a lot of condensation and, and you would just 
oh, you would pray for like a nice cool gust of wind through there but uh, unfortunately uh, you can't take that risk um, because you know you get any sort of wave coming in any water coming in into your electrics and um, you know that could be that could be fucking disastrous a uh, question here from strandfitness.ie Hey, one of the crazy day, craziest day episode. You got out to check boat and row. Question is why after checking boat, you just did not decide to ride out the storm below deck. Was this a row mentality or what you were there to do? Or were you concerned about being blown off course or being nailed by further waves and more damages? Very intense and enjoyable listen. Whale experience was amazing. Um... Yeah, I obviously got out and uh, saw the deck full of water and then pumped it off with the bilge and um, got the lifeboat back in place, which was hanging out and the ground anchor and just, um, yeah, got my life on deck back in order. And then I rode because, um, well, I was vulnerable, very vulnerable because I was at that point I was beam on so the boat was sideways on to the wave sitting under them and when you're in that position you're vulnerable to more capsizes so I had to right the boat what I mean by that is to put it back in um, put the back of it the stern in line with the wind and the waves so when those waves break or if I'm on the face of the wave at least I'm going up it in line and if I'm underneath it the break won't have the um, capabilities to capsize me so that's why I rode I also rode because um, although it was a storm a huge storm it was pushing me west in some way can't remember if it was you know northwest southwest north northwest west northwest didn't matter it was going west so I had um, there was no point in not rowing I just would have been a sitting duck and I was there to row so unless the conditions were astronomically bad um, against me and the energy that it would take to row in them for the reward was nil and then that was the only reason I wasn't going to row and that would have been when I would have put out the power anchor thanks for your question um, a question from Nigella fan I uh, love the podcast remember watching your story live when you were actually in the thick of it at cheers uh, hearing of you on Christmas Eve seeing the yacht and reminded of a scene from Father Ted when Jack wakes up on the yacht surrounded by bikini clad women. Anyway, my question, were the waypoints set out from the start or mapped for you by somebody else remotely taking other variables, wind, weather, etc. on a daily basis? Or if you failed to make a waypoint in any day, would that have overly affected your motivation negatively in any way? Like the four controllables as well have them printed out and laminated in my garage where i cycle now and again all right cheers that's great so um the waypoints were given to me by a guy called levin brown who was my weather router so he was watching about i think about eight different weather systems and trying to correlate you know from that information what the wind and the wave direction was doing in the quadrant or the section I was in along with my feedback for him what I was seeing and what was um, what was literally happening in that moment um, now the waypoints were uh, some of them were 
short like the first one i got was like 50 or so miles but some of them were ridiculous like some of them were i remember getting one off them uh when i was coming close to uh like within 50 or 60 miles of a, a waypoint i got one that was 1300 nautical miles ahead so uh <laughs> there was i didn't really have to worry about another waypoint for another whatever fucking month or so um and um in regards um if i was affected my motivation negatively well if if in in a way yes because i was giving myself like daily targets you know and i wanted to row a certain amount in a day and I, like that was either hours or it was a distance uh, mostly a distance and if i wasn't getting to that like when i lost my steering i remember the distance in my head was always 40 miles get 40 miles today uh, and some days i failed and that would have affected me yeah that really would have affected me that would now depending right like depending on the conditions and that like but if it was within my control you know and i was uh just relenting to something by not getting on the oars if i was letting something within my control manipulate me um and not putting in the work then i would get really um down on myself um but you know my default state when i'm like that the cue or the the flag i always get when i'm like that is just a question and to research and to find a solution and to hold myself accountable and come back stronger so this one is from walter ego very good name hi damien i've been following you since this offset of your first transatlantic row i must say i find your expeditions your drive and outlook on life and inspiration so thank you firstly uh, thank you walter if that is your name appreciate it um you keep mentioning on your podcast that you can't swim and now neither can fergus farrell having been so lucky to have grabbed the handle when the boat did the 360 before would you not think it would be a good idea to learn how to swim and utilize swimming as a training technique at the same time regards sorry your name isn't walter it's niall og thanks niall um and then the second question which is really similar is from Stephen lines loving the podcast i've meaning to ask you said uh in one of the episodes you were a non-swimmer was there a reason you didn't improve your swimming before the row or was it to add to the challenge sorry if this is a shit question it's been bugging me it's not a shit question at all um cheers so the swimming thing is um is i and i don't want to give a real short kind of curt answer um and then just walk away from it because that's not fair because there's a much more deeper decision around that but the simple thing is is i wasn't there to swim at no point did i think or did i foresee actually swimming in fact my whole intention was to avoid that my whole focus was to um, the way i moved the way i lived on the boat was to avoid ever going near that water why because that means almost now depending on conditions but when if you are and when you are probably going to get separated from a boat is probably during a storm and if that happens it doesn't matter if you're michael phelps doesn't matter if you're the best swimmer in the world you ain't catching that boat i mean it's gone and you're gone the other way 
my whole focus was avoiding swimming so why would i you know when we're learning a new skill when we're back in that beginner mindset it's a huge emo especially in adult life it's a huge emotional drain I mean, it's emotionally taxing it takes an, a lot of emotional energy and um, my energy in my training and what i had to do had to be put elsewhere it was prioritized it was there was things that absolutely needed to get done and learning to swim um, and the taxation of something like that on my energy was just not going to happen when I didn't it maybe wouldn't even matter even if I did um, learn to swim that it would save my life um, so my whole focus and everything like I said earlier on in the question was um, avoiding swimming uh, avoiding going in that water without being attached to the boat so um, hence why I I didn't didn't I wasn't there to swim uh, wasn't part of the plan uh, and if I was going to get in the water to clean the under um, carriage of the hull I was going to be uh, not only uh, one point of contact with the boat I was going to have two points of contact with the boat in case one of them went because I wasn't taking any risks out there I wasn't there to take risks I was just there to um, to uh, live my life to the best of my ability so I hope that answers your lads questions um, um, yeah and myself and Gussie will be you know it's you know, Gussie uh, is doing the Project Empower role with me from New York to Galway in 2022. And that's a bit scary now because it's not like I am the captain of that ship. I am leading that. I can't feel what Gussie feels like. So I'm not in control of him and I am in control of me and I'm confident in my own abilities and I'm confident in my own preparation and I'm confident in my own focuses and my intention and my purpose why I'm there but I'm not I don't know what's going on inside him so um, I don't know what his focus is like and that scares me because if he falls in like that's the big big fear about this so I'll you know in the coming 18 months uh, I'll have to figure out how to approach that and you know um, make sure that we are both on the same wave with the um, same excuse the pun same wavelength with that and um, that uh, you know I am um, I trust that he is going to be diligent and vigilant um, in what he does basically I'm talking about clipping in here like the second you step outside of that um, cabin hatch and your foot gets on the ground um, you reach over and you grab your harness and you clip into the jack stay and then you are safe no matter what happens in the next split second and that's the danger on the ocean um, that you relax for that split second and it's just unfortunate timing that that's the time this big fucking wave comes out of nowhere and it's about to smash the boat um, and when you don't have that point of contact and then you're gone in and then it's big big trouble so like every time I came out of the cabin even on the calmest days I was reaching over and I was clipping in my line um, to the jack stay so I had that one point of contact and as long as I had one point of contact because this boat is your sanctuary this is your safety and you do not want to be in any way separated from it so so um when thing when you you know when the human gets tired we get sloppy we get lazy 
and that is when we are incredibly vulnerable out there if we are not on top of things so i know i am even in those states i know i have a checklist of priorities and i know i'm able to focus in on them even because i train myself into the, in those states and i train my checklists in those states and i train my mindset and i'm used to living in them but i don't know that about my partner here and that scares the fuck out of me we'll try and figure it out in our preparation period guys that's it for today thanks for the questions hope you enjoyed this bonus q and i'll save you the usual stuff i'm sure if you if you're enjoying this um podcast you know you, you'll find a way to support it by just clicking a star in a and a, a rating or whatever the fuck on your um on your uh, the where you listen to it on your platform listen thanks for thanks for listening uh, appreciate it if you, you didn't hear your question today and you've sent one in it'll be in the next episode all right cheers oh wait <laughs> keep striving for more from yourself of course cheers guys Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.